as you already know, my name is Jamir Wilson, and I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. Today, the name of the game is Round One Fight. The time we've been waiting for is here. The playoffs are around the corner, and game time is ready to talk about it. So let's jump right into it, Zach. Uh, we have the plan coming up first. Uh, so let's get into some playing game predictions. What are you thinking for the Eastern Conference? Let's start there. Let's or start the West. East. Let's start with the West, actually. Start with the West? All right. Good, because the West is a little easier for me to talk about. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Lakers and the Warriors will be the two teams. I don't see the Warriors being the Lakers. They're just tight mid on defense. The only reason why their record's positive and stuff, Curry just went on a supernova for like the month of March and April and, you know, and May. But yeah, I think Lakers are going to win seven seed. Warriors are going to win eight seed. And I think the Warriors will end up beating, I think the, I think the Spurs are going to low-key upset the Grizzlies and get to that second round. And then I think the Warriors will beat the Spurs. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Spurs to win the first game. I know the Grizzlies are have a better record, but I don't know. I'm just feeling the, I'm just feeling Greg Popovich is gonna at least get to the get to the game before the last game, and then lose there. No, it's a hot take. That's my take right now. You want to go on, go on about the West, or you want me to just jump, jump to the East first? Seems. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with. I'm gonna stay in the West. Uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that the Lakers, uh, barring a 50-point game from Steph Curry, which he's very capable of doing right now, apparently, uh, <laughs> barring a 50-point game, I think that the Lakers will get to the the the, uh, the first round as a seven seed, and uh, I think that I think that they will win because of the fact that uh, when you look at Golden State. It's like Steph Curry, Draymond, and a bunch of no names at this point. Um, we win sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, and they, they, they step up. Uh, they've done a decent job, I, I think, of playing around stuff. But I think the Lakers, uh, if I'm if I'm the Lakers, uh, my, my game plan and mindset is to nullify the others, which I think they'll be able to do very easily. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because their defense is that elite, and uh, make you know, sh- like take guys like Poole and Lee and Wiggins completely out of the game, and make Steph have to beat you to a point where he can't. So yeah. um, I think that's why. And then uh, I also agree, as you said, I think the Warriors beat whoever wins that that nine ten game. I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm stuck because I do like San Antonio's chances against Memphis in a one-game take-all, especially considering Pop's experience as a coach in, in tough games. But I just don't like – I don't know. I just don't think they're talented enough to get that game. I get that. I think, I think they'll overtake – I think that – Overall, they just have more talent, and I think that they'll overtake the Spurs. And I think it'll be a tough game. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think that the Grizzlies will stick it out. They'll go back to Golden State, and I think they will lose in Golden State in a, a, a tough game. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just feel like the Spurs have a lot of underrated players. Like DeRozan has now become underrated. Like he had he averaged what, like twenty one and seven this season. Like seven assists from DeRozan is just like if I told you he would do that five years ago, you would never believe it. But he's just evolved into a much different player. You know, Dewante Murray definitely can lock up. Lonnie Walker is not too bad either. And Pirtle is also a very underrated player. I think they'll just I think they'll surprise some people. But regardless, I'm definitely gonna watch that game. It should be interesting. But yeah. Will we see a box of one against the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh let's see. Uh, now uh, box of one. Yeah. I, to be honest, I would employ that strategy against the Lakers do that. It's, it's it's over. That would be hilarious mm-hmm. for different guys that uh stuff. Yeah, as, as long as it's I th- yeah, I think the biggest thing for for anybody playing Golden State at this point is just that you know screens are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steph is going to have the ball a lot on and then on ball, and then also when he's off the ball, um, uh, that's when you really have to guard him. So I think that their focus is going to have to really be on, um, you know, taking away the others while at the same time uh, keeping an eye on Stefan, don't let him get too hot, I feel like. Yeah. Which is it's insane. It's insane that one player can have such a profound impact on the game, but you know, Steph Curry is a generational talent and he's the greatest shooter to ever, you know, to ever play basketball. So it's just difficult to deal with them. And uh it kind of makes me sad thinking that Clay Thompson isn't here. But now that we have season. our now we have our teams for eight and seven. Who do you think? What are your predictions for those two matchups, the two and seven and the one and eight? Uh, and it, it, it's sad because, again, uh, I hate to stay with the sad train, but Clay, Chris Paul has been outstanding all season. He's really turned the Phoenix Suns around. And I think that uh, Monty Williams, along with that crew, has done a wonderful job of not only building a good team, but um, – playing well, coaching well. They've done everything really well all season. And I just think that they're, they're going to run into a very unfortunate scenario. And I think that uh, the Los Angeles Lakers will overtake them, especially in a low block. I just think that uh, the Phoenix is a, a much smaller team. And barring a superstar performance from Devin Booker, um, and I guess an overperformance at other levels. Um, the LA Lakers, I'm going, I'm going to say, are going to win that series in six, maybe five. I'm going to say, I'm going to say six, just because I think that the, the Phoenix Suns are just have been really good and they're really yeah. well coached. They're very solid, well-rounded team. Like they have like. Yeah. Nine playable dudes, so legit. I agree though. I think Lakers and six. I'm so sorry for the Suns. It's just like I really like that team. I want them to go far, but they're running into the Lakers, who are only seven seed due to LeBron and Anthony Davis being out at the same time for extended periods of time. That's the only reason why Lakers are this low. So you know, you hate to see it, but Phoenix is going home round one at the two seed. They'll be back next year, but it's just not it's not happening this time around. 
it's kind of it's kind of a yeah i hate this song you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's just like damn um they they uh they kind of ran into the wrong team at the wrong time uh and then in that eight one matchup i think um based on what we agreed upon i think golden state you know will play utah and i think that utah is going to win that series although uh it'll be tougher than some people may think i i do firmly believe that utah will come out and surprise some people and i think that they'll win that series in five I think Steph is going to will that team to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, I think Utah's defense really clamps down, as I said, on the others, not really allowing the others to do much. And I think they'll throw a lot at Steph Curry, but ultimately their main focus will be taking the others out of the equation. And I think, you know, with Rudy Gobert locking down the rim, uh, Steph can only put up so many threes, I feel like. Um, and he can only hit so many, I think. Rudy Gobert is going to absolutely lock down the rim. Um, Donovan Mitchell is going to play is going to play well. Um, I think he has a lot to prove, especially considering what happened last year. Had him having an absolute duel with Jamal Murray for an entire series, and it was mm-hmm. it's extremely fun to watch. And they were a shot away from beating a Denver team that got to the Western Conference Finals and made some serious noise. So. Um, and they're better this year. They're a better team. Uh, so I think Utah comes in, they handle their business, and they win in five. Yeah, I agree. Think, I agree. I think they win in five just, like, simply because Steph is going to have a monster game. Draymond is going to act right, you know, make some shots. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Andrew Wiggins might get them a nice 25 points. I think they'll have one game where it's like a perfect storm for them to win. Other than that, I just don't – they can't guard anybody. And the Jazz, yeah, they're known for their defense, but they're also pretty solid on offense as well. So I just think it's going to be a quick – a nice little five-game series. I'm going to be enjoying Steph doing everything in his power to win. But at the end of the day, this series, that series is pretty easy to call in my mind. And so uh, about these play, playing games uh, – I know that you are just sad that your your Boston <laughs> Celtics have wandered up in in probably the worst case scenario at this point mm-hmm. that they could get. Um, uh, you take it away. Um, I'm gonna try to avoid being ranty because <laughs> I can I can get very um, impassioned when it comes to the Celtics and the failures of this season. But I will put the disclaimer that had they been healthy, they would not be in this situation in what any way, shape, or form, despite the schematic issues that arose this, that arose this season. Excuse me. But with that being said, their playing life is kind of hard to predict just because we can assume Kemba, Smart, and Robert Williams, as well as Tristan Thompson, will play. But, you know, in their game against the Knicks, there's, they played the skeleton crew, like seven players were out. So, you know, it's kind of hard to predict based on that. But assuming that everyone is going to play except for Jalen Brown due to him, you know, missing the season with that wrist injury, I think the Celtics will beat the Washington Wizards. If not everyone's healthy, I think they'll lose the Wizards and then beat whoever wins nine or ten. But 
I do think the Celtics Wizards make it anyway. I think in both conferences that end up being the seven and eight do make the playoffs. Um, it's ma- mainly because the Pacers just had so many injuries, and you know the the, the mellow drama that is them and Nate Bjorkren, and just the coaching staff in general. I feel like it's just a mess. I don't know why they fired Nate McMillan and they hired some rando who the players end up not liking. That was nutty, but. I think Boston and Washington will make it. Boston's probably going to beat Washington. I mean, yeah, Washington's Bradley Beal and Westbrook. But everyone else is a complete utter scrub. Except for Rui Hachimura is okay. And Daniel Gafford has his moments. But everyone else is a scrub. And when Robert Williams starts, the Celtics are actually really good. And I'm, I'm under the impression that everyone's going to play if they can. Because no one, wants to, no one wants to have a disappointing season that ends so poorly you miss the playoffs. So... I think the Celtics will just have a, a decent lineup out there. And, you know, Tatum's not going to – he's no slouch. They don't – the Wizards have nothing for him. Um, yeah, I just think there's going to be them. Boston in seven. And then Washington, I guess. I think the Pacers will make it out that 9-10 just because Sabonis is just – so he's godly. He's tough. He does what he has to do out there. Uh, Brogdon, very underrated player nowadays. I mean, he was, he was never like considered like a star, but, you know, he definitely does his thing. He averaged 22 seasons in a row. And Levert's been playing really, really well. He's recovered from his injury. He's been playing well for the last month or so. So I think that'll over, overcome the Hornets, who have a nice, fun team, but they do have some inexperience and they have a pathetic, the most pathetic center rotation I've seen in a long time. Like, it's between them and the Wizards, who have the most, the worst center rotation in the whole league. Like, that Wizards front court with Thomas Bryant, even when Thomas Bryant's healthy, it's still like disgusting. Like him and Daniel Gafford, like that's garbage. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, and then you got Cody Zeller and Biombo, who, for whatever reason, are still in the same team, even though they have produced nothing positive as the same as a center rotation for like three years. But I digress. What do I know? So <sighs> I just think Sabonis is going to have a field day against them, and I think the Wizards, Wizards will beat the Pacers just off the strength of Westbrook and Beal. But, yeah. How about mm. you, Amir? What's your, your thoughts? Um, I think that the – I agree with you. I think, ultimately, Boston and Washington will get in. However, I do I do see the Washington Wizards beating Boston. Interesting. I, I do just because I feel like they're just on a roll, and I feel like Boston – like in a series, I feel like I would have taken Boston in a tough series, but it's one game. Mm-hmm. And I think a guy like Russell Westbrook and another guy like Bradley Bill, those two in a one game scenario against a Boston team that just has been flip flop up and down and 500 all season. You know, it's fitting that they're a 500 team. Yeah. They're just um, down there with their average. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. It's it's like it's perfect. It's perfectly fitting, and I think Washington, if they had played the way that they played the second half and the first half, they would have they they would be probably in Boston shoes right now, hosting that that seven eight game. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, maybe fighting for a six seed. So. I, I'm going to take Washington, and I also, I'm also going to take Washington in that situation because of this. And this is something that a lot of people 
I don't know if I'm really thinking about it, but I I was when I was doing my predictions. Um, Russell Westbrook, I think, would be the most happy individual in the world to have a playoff series against the Brooklyn Nets. I think he would want to see Brooklyn more than anybody in the world would want to see Brooklyn in a first round matchup because uh, you have, you know, him and Kyrie Irving have always been compared to one another. You have James Harden and him who have always been compared to one another, as well as, you know, a former teammate in multiple situations and also Kevin Durant, who, you know how that situation ended. So Mm -hmm. I think that Russell Westbrook alone, I think he could really carry them through one game. I think, I think he can in route to a Brooklyn series that, I I don't think they win, and I'll get more into that. But he would he would he would have a field day, and have a smile on his face, knowing that he he get to see James Harden and Kevin Durant for seven games. Um, <laughs> and then four games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and then with Boston, I agree that they beat whoever that nine ten winner is. I think that, how, however, I do think the uh, that the Hornets will also win. I just feel like they're deeper, although health has been a big problem for them as it has been for most teams this season. Uh, I think that they're just a deeper rotation. And, uh, you know, LaMelo is no slouch either. You have no LaMelo, Terry Rozier, uh, Bridges is really good. Uh, and I, th- I think they're just a very energized team. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about um, Beer Quinn and all of the drama that's in the Pacers locker room, I think it's the complete opposite in the Hornets locker room. And I think that when you talk about the – synergy that they have played with all season long. I believe that they can go win one game like and and, and get on to the next to the next game where I think they will ultimately suffer defeat at the hands of the Celtics due to experience in defense. Uh, But they I, I think they could win that game too though. Yeah. I think it's a winnable game. Yeah. That's the problem with this one-game series with Boston. It's like, New Year, it's so up and down. One game is, like, really bad because <laughs> they usually just don't know what team's going to show up. Like, right. You, you right. get the right matchup. You can't you can't make adjustments. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's do or die. It's here and now. I have to beat you today. Real. Or else. Like – which is why I feel like a lot of players um, didn't like this. Yeah, but, I mean, they only complained when they suddenly fell into the playing area. But I don't know. But as a fan, it's dope. They're just like mm-hmm. – just the fact – there's so many variables that could affect one game. Like, if a dude has the freaking bubbly guts and he just plays bad because he, he has to go to the bathroom or something, you know, like that affects the whole game. So it's just like mm-hmm. – like, you know – it's just gonna be very interesting to see. Like, it's, you kind of have to watch the game, otherwise, you know that that like that matchup is not happening again. 
after that after the one game. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Given your let's let's say let's, assuming the Wizards get seven and Boston gets eight, let's do it that way, just for argument's sake. What are your mm-hmm. predictions for the one eight seven two or two seven series? Uh um it's hard. It's hard for me because again, as I just said, as I was mentioning, I think Russell Westbrook, uh, no man on earth more than Russell Westbrook would want to see the Brooklyn Nets, uh, because of all the things I outlined with, you know, comparisons to guys like James Harden and Kyrie Irving and the previous relationships that he's had with guys like Kevin Durant and James Harden. Um, he, I think he would play out of his mind in that series. And I feel like there's a game to be won in that series for the Washington Wizards if they play, especially considering that Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn just hasn't played much together. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you do have two superstars and a third really good all-star player, but uh, they just haven't played much together this year. And I think, you know, Russell and Bradley have spent pretty much the whole year just trying to learn each other, figure each other out, and really get used to each other. And I think that the Washington Wizards have found a rhythm and have found something that works for them, even though their defense is absolutely porous. And other than, I think, Russell and Bradley squeezing one game out and stealing one, probably in their own home, maybe in a game a game three when they're already down – oh, game four when they're already down 3-0, mm-hmm. uh, something like that, I think. Uh, they steal one, and Russell really plays like a dog the whole series. But other than that, I think Brooklyn is probably going to win that in five. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep. And then speaking of motivation, I think Joel Embiid, he couldn't be happier. Oh, the horror. If he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be any happier than to see the Boston Celtics. He would be waiting at the doorstep. If the, if the Boston Celtics were there with a smile, he'd be waiting there you know, licking his chops. He would, his, his eyes would light up. He'd be, he would be absolutely excited, especially considering how last year's series went when the Boston Celtics swept the Sixers without, without Ben Simmons and Brett Brown. And just, it was a completely different situation. And I think this year, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and you may not agree with this, but I think that boss I think that Philly is going to reverse what happened last year and they're going to sweep the Boston Celtics if they play them in the first round. Because I think even with Robert Williams as good as Robert Williams is, I think that's all the rim protection and all the stuff you have. Like Tristan Thompson, we both lamented the fact that he's a nothing as a rim protector. <laughs> right, exactly. Fraud. He's not a he's, He's not a he's not a rim protector. He's a rebounder. He's somebody who can rebound. Where Dwight Howard gives you legitimate rim protection in spurts at this point, I guess. And I mean, it's still a lot better than most bigs at this point. 
And then Joel Embiid is one of the best rim protectors in the NBA on top of Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, uh, Seth, uh, Seth Curry, Danny Green, just the – I think that this team meshes perfectly. They have the right coaching. They have the depth. They have the shooting. They have everything it takes to win and go far. And I think Boston is just a mess, a complete mess at this mm-hmm. point. And, and the, only, the only saving graces they have at this point is a good game out of Kemba here and there. Jason Tatum, when he's not playing, you know, Jason Tatum, when he's not playing bad, and he'll probably get a, a good dose of Ben Simmons, Marcus Smart. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's all I think that's all Boston has to offer, and that's not nearly enough at this point against the Philly team that's loaded right now. All right, fair. <clears throat> I will say, I'll start with Boston and Philly. Unfortunately, Due to the injury to Jalen Brown, I am inclined to agree that will be a sweep. However, I think we will steal. I don't know. We're going to steal one. We're stealing one. We have to. I just feel like Ben Simmons is just going to be on his pussy shit again and play terrible for whatever reason. Like, he's having the weirdest year. Like, sometimes he just plays bad because he's not showing any – it seems like he's not trying – so he's just like playing very soft. So I think Boston's going to win one off that, especially because against Boston, Ben Simmons is like 99% of the time he sucks against Boston anyway. In the series where you're preparing, Brad Stevens knows Ben Simmons pretty well. Just, you know, just put Marcus Smart at the free throw line and then <laughs> let everything just fall apart from there. I think we'll steal one off Ben Simmons playing soft. But Embiid's going to probably average 35 and like 12. And I'm going to – be upset watching Robert Williams foul the life out of him because that's Robert Williams is very good at a lot of things, but unfortunately he is baited very easily into fouling. And then I'm going to have to be forced to watch Tristan Thompson suffer through post-up attempts and getting bullied. And it's just going to be horrible, but Tatum's live will go off. Kemba, like you said, might get a good game from him. And Boston this season maybe not so it's not so true but historic in the last few years Boston's had had Philly's number granted you said new coach Embiid having Embiid barring injury would have been MVP this year um he's probably still going to get we might end up getting like third place in voting just off the strength of what he was doing before injuries but I'm gonna say five although a sweep would not surprise me and Washington Brooklyn if we're going with that route, I just think I'm going to give the Wizards one game just because both teams don't play defense well at all. And it was in, in this season, in shootouts, the Wizards have always had a shot. So I think in a shootout, in a series of where a series where it's most likely going to be a shootout every game, I think the Wizards can steal one. But if you're going to get into a shootout with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, I don't see you winning too often. So I just think the Wizards will just win one for whatever reason, probably due to the Nets meshing together again, like you mentioned earlier. Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Ray, I think they only played seven or eight games together all season. So right. just off that, just off them meshing together, they're going to have one off game. The Wizards happen to win because Westbrook had you know a nice little 
nice little 25, 12 and 12, and Beal got his, his 40 points. But yeah, that's kind of how I see that happening. And, uh, and, and now in a world where Boston Celtics overtake the Wizards in your case at number seven and the Wizards play the Sixers at number eight, what do you think happens? I think both – I think it's the same number of games, different reasons, obviously different teams, but I think both end in five. Boston just – the games that the Celtics have, Celtics have had against the Nets this year have been pretty good games. I think there's maybe one game where the Nets kind of just smoked Boston. Otherwise, the games have been good. So I think in a series, you know, we're both – and Steve Nash, I'm sorry, that means I can't I, – it's hard to gauge whether he's a good coach or not because he's been so blessed. But – D'Antoni is the, you know, I, I feel like D'Antoni is the real coach. As soon as James Harden came in, the whole thing just, it just looked like Houston 2.0, <laughs> like, honestly. But I think Brad Stevens, he's shown that he's good at making adjustments. This year, things have been kind of rough, but I feel like it's more so due to the health. He's just kind of being stuck with dudes to just kind of work with. But I think Boston loses to that one and five. And then Philly, Washington. Actually, I'm inclined to say that's a sweep. Westbrook's going to be driving into Joel Embiid, and that's not a good look. That's not a good look. Philly has an amazing defense. You know, you're just probably going to put Ben Simmons on Beal and let Danny Green, you know, tussle with Westbrook and funnel Westbrook right into Embiid, and then Westbrook's going to have a very inefficient series. And I just think in that situation, it's a sweep. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I think that I think that that's a sweep, also because the Sixers are very well balanced. Because we we, we talk and marvel about how great a defense they are. They're also a very well balanced offense uh, in the post. Uh, as you said earlier, uh, the Washington Wizards have a very pathetic center rotation, so I don't see them having any shot in hell at guarding Joel Embiid. Uh, so Joel Embiid, he could go. I, I could see him probably having a forty-point game somewhere. I could see him averaging thirty-plus for the series. Um, Dwight Howard is even going to come in and play really good minutes. Yeah. Uh, and and Bradley Beal and um, Russell Westbrook will have their cut up, their work cut out for him every night, just because of the fact that. Um, there's a multitude of defenders that we can throw at both of those guys. And then, as you said, Russell Westbrook is not a great shooter. So it's like I could play – I could sag off of him a bit and then force him into Joel. We have guys like Matisse Thibel, Danny Green, Seth Curry. He's not the greatest shooter. Well, he's not the greatest defender, but he's tough. Um, uh, we signed George Hill, who has – plenty of playoff experience. I think that was an underrated move. Yeah. Uh, I think guys like that and, you know, obviously Ben Simmons as one of the best perimeter defenders in basketball and a defensive player of the year candidate. I think that uh, the Sixers should be able to easily manhandle the Washington Wizards in a series. And then with Brooklyn and Boston, uh, I also agree with the coaching matchup is going to be interesting but just because of the fact that Steve Nash is – as as you as you said, it's tough to gauge how, just how good a coach he is because you know he has great talent around him in the coaching staff, 
mm-hmm. with uh, Jock Vaughn and Mike D'Antoni because Jock Vaughn is a good assistant coach as well. Um, I think that Jock Vaughn is a coach that a lot of people should look at as a, a head coaching candidate this upcoming year. Um, and Mike D'Antoni, obviously, you know his background. Uh, we know his background with James Hart more specifically. Uh, and uh, Brad Stevens, we know his history. But Boston's injuries have been just um, nuts. So uh, if they were to run into a Boston team, it would probably be, as you said, shootouts. And you probably don't want to shoot out that often, but Jason Tatum might be able to squeeze one out. But I think the only way that they avoid a sweep is if Kimball Walker plays a good game. Yeah, and I think he could get one good game. So I, I think that's why it goes. It, it, it's a five game series. Yeah, just because the Nets, the Nets defense is so sus. I think Kemba has an opportunity to really have a solid series. And it just opens up. It just opens things up for everybody else. Once Kemba gets going, like now uh, Robert Williams is, you know, a better lob threat, and that dude catches anything. And the Nets defense in the paint is just sus. And I can't wait to get to round two, so we can really. That's gonna be very interesting. But yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Oh boy, Aaron, we see that, that's the Nets guy. We were talking about the Nets the other day, and just like mm-hmm. As someone, he's someone, as someone who actually watches that all the time, just question, he's just noticing a lot of Steve Nash's questionable rotation decisions, like mm-hmm. uh, playing TLC a little more than he probably should, uh, mm-hmm. not playing Claxton enough because Claxton has become a very solid player in the rotation. And there'd be games mm-hmm. where Claxton was not getting any burn or you no know, very limited burn, despite, you know, maybe DeAndre Jordan getting way too much minutes because DeAndre Jordan just isn't as helpful in those pick and roll Defense situations defensively as Claxton oh. is. So it'll just be interesting to see what, you know, what Steve Nash leans on and who he goes to. If he's going to be more adaptable, mm-hmm. if he's going to be more rigid, because that kind of will that'll dictate how, you know, how their playoff run can go. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that Boston Brooklyn series, too, and as a side note, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see Kemba versus Kyrie because, uh, you know, obviously, the Boston Celtics swap <laughs> the two, you know, getting rid of Kyrie Irving to ultimately get Kimball Walker. So uh, I think that'd be interesting to, to watch, especially if Kimba's on his A game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, watching Steve Nash as a head coach for the first time in such a big, such a, you know, playoff situation, because most of the coaches in the playoffs, um, have been here at least more specifically in the West. But I think, uh, and we'll get more into that soon. Like Tibbs, he's been there, even though he's on a different team, he's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate McMillan, he should have never been fired. And I'll get into that. You know, we'll, we'll get into that as well. Um, he should have never been fired, he, but he's, he's been in a playoff scenario as a head coach, you know, Doc Rivers on another team, but, He's been in the playoffs. We've seen him in playoff scenarios. So just him figuring out those lineups and matchups uh, for seven games is going to be very interesting to watch throughout throughout the playoffs for Brooklyn. So, uh, yeah. You mentioned some uh, teams in the three through six range. So why don't we jump back over to the West and Mm -hmm. talk about that 
three six matchup, and then we can go into the five four after. Okay, that sounds good to me. I think uh, Denver and Portland are the two teams. Yeah, they are. So that matchup is so interesting because uh, Yoke has Jokic, the Joker, has been phenomenal this season. He's an MVP candidate. A lot of in a lot of people's eyes, he is the MVP at this point. I think with in, with some injuries, it kind of gave him even more room to win that award. Uh, and uh, Damian Lillard always is somebody that you look at as you you know having a puncher's chance in situations like this, where it's a more even series. Damian Lillard can really propel you. Um, so. Getting into this series, I think that Portland will ultimately win the series because of the fact that the Joker, although like the Joker has been great, as I said, he'll he'll make everybody on the Denver Nuggets loaded. Like he'll he'll weaponize all of those players and make them probably the best possible versions of themselves, like guys like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., and all those guys, that whole crew. Um, and an underrated signer for them was Austin Rivers. I, I, I like that addition. I think he's played big minutes at point guard. Um, but I think ultimately they're doomed to fail against uh, a Portland team that has been battling injuries all year and has maintained a solid position in the playoffs. Uh, and I think I think they'll fall in six. What about you, Zach? What do you think will take place in that series? So just to clarify, you think the Nuggets will lose the series in six games? I believe so, yes. Very interesting. Because I, and McCoy's going to hate me for this one, I think Denver wins in six. Wow. You know, this is really hard for me. I really do think Portland has a shot, a great shot. I wouldn't be surprised if we went to seven games this series. This is probably the one series where I'm like, yeah, this could go seven. This mm-hmm. one in the Lakers and Suns. Not Lakers. Yeah, Lakers and Suns, excuse me. But I don't know. I think Jokic is just having an f- absolutely phenomenal year. And Portland, they made these signings to improve their defense and this and that, but they're still mediocre at best on defense. Robert, Robert Covington – has been exposed as more of a off-ball guy rather than, like, you know, some perimeter lockdown dude. Like, Portland still is porous on defense in a lot of situations. Uh, you know, they've beaten Denver before, you know, two years ago. But I think Jokic has just improved much. He's improved a lot since then. Michael Porter Jr. is nothing to sneeze at either. Dude is tough. They got Aaron Gordon, who's a – I'm not the biggest Aaron Gordon dude, but on a team where he's not asked to be great, He's, you know, he does his job. He'll get you, you know, nice, some, you get you 15 points, like, you know, maybe seven boards and four or five assists, and especially against a team like Dem- or Portland. Aaron Gordon can shine because I'm sorry, Melo is not keeping up with him. Rocco will do his thing, but that's not, I just think, I just think Portland doesn't, I don't know, I just, for some reason, I just don't believe in them. They kind of underperformed in my eyes based on what they added. Didn't, they had this perception that they were going to be like, you know, a top four seed and they got the six seed. But I mean, that's only off of, you know, tiebreakers for real, for real. So they could have honestly been seven. They could have been in the play in. 
this year, despite making all these moves, adding all these people. I just don't think they're as good as they seem. And yeah, they had injuries, but granted, everyone's had injuries this year. Like Denver is missing their starting point guard, which is the only reason why I think Portland has a shot. But I don't know. I like Dame. I like CJ. Melo's always been my guy, but I just don't think Portland has enough defensively to keep up with Denver because Denver's still a high op- high power offense. And Mike Malone's a great coach. He'll do what he needs to do. This team can. This team knows how to fight. You know, three, two, three, one comebacks the same year. And Portland knows how to fight too, but they just they're just always falling short for some reason, some reason or another. And I think it's going to be the same old story this year. I know this for sure. Uh, if they fail any fashion in the first round, uh, Terry Stotts is gone. I think Terry Scott's at, Stotts at this point may be gone either way, mm-hmm. but he might get uh, – it's funny that you bring up uh, McCoy. Shout out, shout out to Anthony graduating this weekend. Um, but uh, I think uh, we talked about this, and I said that if they lose to the Denver Nuggets, I think that Terry Stotts might be fired in the building. <laughs> I think he may be relieved of his duties the moment uh, they lose, if yeah. they lose without Jamal Murray. Because I agree um, – the Denver Nuggets are a much better team overall in terms of um, their defense and how their offense plays and the coaching and all that stuff. But I just feel like Jamal Murray is a big enough loss, and I think it creates a hole that I don't think they can fill in the perimeter on the offensive end. I get that. Um, so, yeah, I just I, – I don't see I don't see them losing this series. Well, I, I can see it. But I don't see – I don't see it. And they literally had the same front court rotation. You know, they got Cantor back this year. And it's just <laughs> – Cantor's – you know, Cantor had himself a, a great year. But – and Nurkic is still kind of trying to find his form. He's He's been looking better over the last couple of weeks due to, you know, coming back from his injuries. But I don't know, man. I just think Jokic is just – he's on one this year, right? I just don't see them. I don't see Portland – I don't see Portland winning this series. I'm sorry. I just I want I want to believe in them. I was really trying to convince myself, but my intuition. That's what I went with. I went with my intuition. It's telling me Denver will get out of this one somehow, some way. We'll see. We will definitely see. Mm-hmm. At five four matchup, uh, the, the LA Clippers will have a rematch with the Dallas Mavericks. That's fun. Uh, yeah, it is fun. And uh, having Luka Doncic see this Clippers team again. Um, what do you think, Zach? What do you What do you think will take place? Any team with Paul George is just so hard to gauge because he just gets to the playoffs and shits his pants. But I think the Clippers will win this one in five. I think they're going to be more prepared for the onslaught that has Luka Doncic, for one. Um, the Mavericks kind of just – these kind of underperformed. They just didn't look as good as I thought they were supposed to. They definitely picked it up towards the end of the year. But um, 
Yeah, Josh Richardson did not work out again in a new location. I think he just needs to find his way back to Miami ASAP because clearly Eric Spolstra is like, was like getting the most out of him. But the last two teams he's been on, he's definitely been an underperformer in many aspects. And then, you know, like Dallas lost Seth Curry. That was a big loss for them. He was, he was, he was huge for them. And I think the Clippers just kind of got better overall than they were last year. You know, they added Rondo, who's definitely – since they added Rondo, they've been really good. Rondo's added a big, a great dynamic to their team. Paul George had his best year in a couple of years. Kawhi Leonard's been kind of quiet this year, but he's still – he's still doing Kawhi Leonard things, just not as – this is not – people aren't talking about it for whatever reason. Just a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, I guess. And then Serge Ibaka, if he comes back, that'll be huge. But – yeah, I don't know. I just think Dallas underperformed. The Clippers looked better to me this year, and they added Rondo, which will fix their playmaking issues. It'll give them someone to run around and you know play defense and just a high IQ player who won his who won the Lakers last year. The other LA team, he won them. He won quite a few games for them just off the strength of him being him. So coming up big. So I think the Clippers will handle business this time around and win in five. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think that uh, although Luka Doncic absolutely scorched them last year um, and like made it really interesting, I think that the, the this Clippers team can shock a lot of people because, as you said, it is hard to gauge just because they are a team with Paul George on it because he's he's one of the most polarizing players in the league because he scares everybody because as a Clippers fan, you don't know if he's going to shit the bed and as an opposing team, you don't know if he's going to shit on you. So it's like, it's like, it's scary. But as you said, also they've kind of, and, and we talked, we, 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 we highlighted this um, in, in our uh, trade deadline episode. Um, and I, I really like talking about Rondo as an addition for this reason, because he will glue together what I felt like is a, a bunch of pieces. I, I, I think there's just a bunch of really good pieces, and I think that mm-hmm. um, I think Rondo, his ascension, his natural ascension as a playoff player, I think will will help make up very well for Paul George's descension and decline as a playoff player mm-hmm. typically. Yeah. Um, because he, yeah, he just, I don't know what it is, but like, he just never, I don't know since, since his leg injury, he just hasn't been the same dude. I just, I think, I think um, what he was saying was real and I can, I could see it that it's just him mentally, his confidence. Yeah. His, his will to win. I think something was missing. Like when 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 he battled against LeBron those couple times, like especially the first time around when it went to seven and all that stuff, and he was dunking on people and all that. Like mm-hmm. I thought, I felt like he was young, he was hungry, and his will was like showing. Like he was like he came to fight. Yeah. And now, if we see that from Paul George, 
I think the floor for them, and I've said this before, their floor is the Western Conference Finals. Okay, that's their floor. I think that yeah, I think their floor is the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals, especially because they're not on the side of the bracket with the LA Lakers. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think that is that is the floor for them. I think, um, uh, and I, I agree with Serge Ibaka. And I, I think their overall roster, like I've been talking about the Clippers, um, their overall roster is better than the Dallas Mavericks. I think that although the Dallas Mavericks, I feel like, have underperformed in your eyes, I think it's more so um, them just being quiet. And I think that's more so a product of the roster that has been assembled around Luka Doncic because they just haven't really put anybody impressive around Luka Doncic. Like you look at the roster – like guys like Jalen Brunson, Trey Burt, uh, Willie Cully-Stein, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. These are the guys that you're putting around your star player. And, I mean, the best addition they made, honestly, uh, was probably J.J. Redick. And he's much older. Um, and, I mean, you know, he's, 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 a wise, he's a wise veteran who can hit a shot. And Rick Carlisle is a good coach. But Christoph Przingis – He's never healthy, um, and they just haven't put anything around Luka Doncic that is credible and that is consistent on either on either side. So I think that they will fall in five because the Clippers are balanced. They can play defense. They're, the, they're by percentage, the best three-point shooting team in the NBA on offense, and – uh, they are just a much more complete roster. They're experienced. Everything, I think, will fall in the way of the Mavericks. And I think that, uh, you know, Luka Doncic getting them to the five seed is extremely impressive in my eyes, despite, you know, the Lakers' injuries and, you know, other teams' injuries. But, you know, this roster, this roster should be, seven to eight range fighting for a play-in, I feel like, because they don't give Kristaps or they don't give Luca anything. Like, Kristaps is good, but he never he's never healthy. So, yeah, I think ultimately um, we talked about Terry Stotts losing his job. I think that Rick Carlisle is going to stay, and I think that Luca is a mainstay. But I think that they really need to reevaluate that roster at the end of these at, at this playoffs and say, look, all right, if we really want to compete, we have to do something and we have to make drastic changes. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they, they're paying, you know, as you said, Josh Richardson, he's just been uh, horrific since he left Miami. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I think the Clippers will hit on to the next round of five. Yeah. Before we get to the East, I just want to touch on two things you mentioned. I started the Mavericks thing because, again, like I said, I think they underperformed. Remember back on our season predictions with the Mavericks. And um, I just know I had the Mavericks at four. The reason why I had them at four is because Luca, I had a feeling Luca was going to go crazy, but I thought the others were going to be a little better. Mainly Josh Richardson coming in to a new situation where he theoretically fits the roster. But, um, you know, that's not what happened. Jalen Brunson had a nice season. Tim Hardaway Jr. was solid again. But the Mavericks shooting kind of fell apart and that's going to be a problem against the Clippers team. Hence the reason why I have them 
losing in five. And like you said, Paul George, you made me think about like how back in the Pacers, he what it was different. He was performing pre-injury. The perception of Paul George just changed in terms of like he wasn't supposed to. They were, that team wasn't supposed to be there. The, the Pacers were not supposed to be that good. After Danny Granger got hurt, it was just supposed to be over. But you know, Paul George became became Paul George. Roy Hibbert, who <laughs> the, did the ultimate disappearing act afterwards, he became really good. Uh, you know, George Hill performed really well for that team. You know, just a lot of people, a lot of things just broke right for that team, and they overperformed. But now, you know, we look at Paul George, and it's like, oh, he's we we're talking about him, you know, possibly winning Defensive Player of the Year at one point, possibly, you know, competing for an MVP, MVP candidate. Like now, like the lights are on him. We are expecting him and whatever team he's on to be good. And like you mentioned, with Rondo kind of balancing that out. I think Rondo will just help him just be himself. That's that's part of the issue. He's just trying to he's trying to like, all right, I got to do this. We have to do this. This is expected of us. I think having Rondo there will just help calm everything down. Let Paul George just get to his spot. Get get you know get a nice open shot. He's cutting to the basket. Rondo's catching him. Boom, there's a dime. Because before getting Rondo, they didn't have anyone who's just like looking who can like drop of a hat, make a nice pass. Like that's that was not present on that team in any way, shape, or form. Which is why I had a feeling they were going to underperform last year, but they do have that now in Rondo. And I think that'll just help Paul George just play. And that's the thing. He's, he's, he's not going to be asked to run the show at some point. He's going to have Rondo allowing him to just get where he needs to be, get, you know, curl off a nice screen, get open shot instead of, you know, doing all this between the legs, spin move, this and that, trying to force buckets and trying to be who he's supposed to be. So I think that's going to be very interesting throughout this playoff run. Yes, I agree. And the pick and the piggyback off of you. Also, um, two things I want to mention. One, uh, I think not only Rondo, but I think the Clippers, as I lament the roster issues in Dallas, I really want to highlight how good a job I think the Clippers did at finding talent and really loading this team back up. Like, you know, people said, oh, they lost Montrez Harrell and this, that, and the third. How can they replace that? And they go out and get guys like Serge Ibaka. They get a Luke Kennard who's played really well. Um, you know, uh, Terrence Mann, who's, he's been solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Nick Batum, who I think was – Yes. He might have been the best addition they've had. Underrated signing. Yes. Very underrated signing because he, he brings a veteran presence. He brings uh, experience with that veteran presence. He also can play make. And, like, as you said, you know, they like Paul George, he led the team assists this year with 5.2 a game. Um, as you said, like, um, he will not only now have somebody on the floor, like, take the ball out of his hands and allow him to just be him. I also think more importantly, they now have a veteran voice that will shine above all. I think Rondo and guys like Serge Ibaka and Nick Batum can step in there and have somewhat of a voice because they do have experience, especially guys like Rondo and Serge with, mm-hmm. with championships. I think they'll be able to speak up and let the team have it when they need to. And yeah, just having having that positive, having that in your ear, I think is important. Right. But yeah, let's jump to the East. 
let's start four or five this time in the East and then go three or six after. Because I just want to mm-hmm. talk with the Knicks, to be honest. That's why I want to start. <laughs> I love this Knicks team. They're so fun to watch. The Celtics looking like a mess. It's been nice to have another team I can watch and put a smile on my face. Seeing Julius Randle just ascend was crazy. Um, but in terms of the series, I got the Knicks in – I'm going to say six. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be conservative with my pick and say Knicks in six. My heart's telling me five, but I'm going to say Knicks in six. Their defense is just immaculate. Their offense has picked up dramatically since uh, after All-Star break. Like, the, you know, at one point they were like the 28th or offense or something like that. Their offense has been very, very good. They figured it out. Derrick Rose coming back has given them a major lift on that end of the floor. R.J. Barrett's an underrated player. He was underrated as a rookie, too. People were acting like he was horrific as a rookie, which made no sense to me. Like, his whole team – his team was horrific, and he still was getting, like, 12 a night as a rookie. Like, he's doing his thing. But now he's – people don't even realize how good he is now. Uh, Reggie Bullock is definitely filling in his role very well, hitting shots timely, in a timely manner. Nerlens Noel, underrated on defense, filling in for Mitchell Robinson. And I just think everything was called – I think that combination of defense and improved offense, especially versus a Hawks team where there's not too many great defensive players – I think the Knicks will win the series in six. Trey Young will have a good series. Naturally, he's just great. I think John Collins will definitely get exposed. <laughs> like that matchup against against because uh, he will be guarding Julius Randle in theory, and that's going to be very painful for him. I'm sorry for that man. But and then DeAndre Hunter, I'm not too sure. I know he played recently. I just don't know how how healthy he is at this moment, if he's ready to get back to averaging 17 like he was at one point in the year before he went down in, like, February or January. So, you know, I just think – I just think the Knicks will win just off just off the strength of their defense, to be honest, and better better coaching. McMillan's been great, but I think Thibodeau definitely brought – he brought life to this team, and they're, deter- they're motivated and determined. But, yeah. How about you, Mayor? What's your prediction? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree, and I'm gonna say Knicks in seven. Oh, um, and, and 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 here's why. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about the, the the Hawks a little bit because it's it's so like this. Is, I feel like this is the perfect four or five matchup because here you have a Knicks team that everybody's been talking about all year, like. The Knicks, they're back. It's so great. They're great to see. Julius Randle's been awesome, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here you have a Hawks team who has gone through it all. They had a uh, – they, they, they switched coaches earlier in the season. Um, they made a big trade at the deadline. They've had injuries. They've gone through everything that a team I feel like could go through. And last year and years and years past, they weren't really that good. And this year, they've gone through a whole bunch of different things and have and are a solid five seed. Ironically, them and the Knicks have the same record overall. They had the same away and home records. Um okay. They have the same point differential per game. Seriously? Uh, 
yeah, they have the same uh, the same record in the last ten games. They're very, very, very similar. Like they, 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 they're different. They're very different stylistically, but they produce the same results. And I feel like uh, the Atlanta Hawks just haven't gotten enough credit for what they've done. Like Clint Capella has been outstanding very quietly this season. Yeah. I think he deserves some all defense. Uh, considerations, although he'll probably be beat out by Bam uh, or or guys like Joel Embiid and um, Rudy, but I, I feel like you mean for all NBA, yeah, all all NBA defense, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I think he deserves some votes or something for that because I feel like he he's been really good um, as a rebounder and a defender. Um, mm-hmm. Trey Young has had a very, very good season. And, you know, at the All-Star break, I gave him a lot of crap. I thought I, – I didn't give him a lot of crap, actually. Um, I gave him I gave him his roses, actually. I gave him his flowers. I thought that he was really good. Um, yeah. And I, I did give him crap in the past, though, for his defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, Trey Young has been very, very good this season. Yeah, um, I'm really actually <laughs> – very underrated, very quiet because again, Julius Randle has been so good, and the Knicks have been such a fun, um, you know, uh, feel good story. Yeah, but the Hawks are just as not are just as good a feel good story. They they're also a team that haven't succeeded in the past you know few years since Trey Young has got there, and they very quietly got the fifth seed. I feel like it's a much more even matchup than a lot of people think, but again, styles make fights. And I think the Knicks, uh, you know, I think defense wins championships and also the Knicks are the four seed. So in a game seven, it would be in New York. So I think that the New York Knicks would ultimately escape a really, really tough series that a lot of people are sleeping on against the Hawks. Um, and I also think that because of experience, like Tibbs is a more experienced playoff coach than Nate McMillan. And he also has guys like Derrick Rose, um, guys like Taj Gibson at his disposal who have more experience. And I mean, Clint Capella also has playoff experience. And guys like Lou Williams, I think, have a playoff experience. But, you know, just not as much as those guys. And I think that they will pull out the series because of their defense, because I think they can, they can close on defense. Shout out to Nathan Millen though, man. Like the Hawks were garbage this year until he came. Suddenly they were a respectable team. If not there, I say a good team when Nathan Millen got there. Yes, sir. At least at the start, they were like, what, eight, and know, <laughs> before, you know, when Nick Millen got, yeah. Nate McMillan got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to enjoy watching that series. Trey Young's first playoff run. Yeah, I think that's that's also – Yeah, I, th- I think that that storyline is just being swept under the rug. Because Trey Young is, a really, is like a really damn good player. Mm-hmm. Um, so his first playoff appearance. And also, uh, when we talk about Nate McMillan, uh, I mentioned Jock Vaughn all earlier as somebody who I think deserves a head coaching job. I think that Nate McMillan deserves to either stay in Atlanta 
or to get a head coaching job somewhere else. Cause I, you know, you said it, you, you hit it right on the head. I don't think he should have ever been fired from Indiana. I just didn't think they had the talent to win. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't get that, bro. Vic, your best, your best player is hurt. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to blame the coach when your best player is not playing? Or at least yeah, he was playing when he was, he was um, hampered by injury. They got swept by a team that ultimately went to the NBA Finals yeah. and lost in six. So, you know, I, I don't – I don't without the best player. So, yeah. But, hey, you know, we don't get paid for these decisions, so it's we know. Facts. Lord. Let's move on to the last first-round series that we're going to cover, which is Miami versus Milwaukee, and that's interesting given – Boy, is that a juicy one. Given the fact that Milwaukee kind of shit their pants last year and fumbled what should have been a finals run in a lot of people's eyes. But, yeah, so let's get into it. Why don't you, why don't you start us off? Oh, um. I had a tough time with this one. I had a really, 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 really tough time with this one. You know, I you know I love talking about halfback dives, mm-hmm. aka Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and this Miami team is interesting because they're you know they're one of those teams that really was burdened by COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they were burdened by injury, and you know. Speaking of Nate McMillan and those Pacers last year, they don't have Victor Aladipo for the rest of the year. So yeah, um, and we were we were expecting Victor Aladipo to be a, a key contributor down the stretch. And I mean, even without Victor Aladipo, they still have a good rotation. I think they're starting to figure their lineup out and stuff like that. With with, with uh, Trevor Ariza being a more prominent figure in the in the lineup, you know, we saw him do what he did against Boston. I think he's gonna bring that bullshit up. <laughs> he's gonna bring that up, bro. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I think it's been a real flip-floppy year this year. Like you've still had solid performances by Jimmy Butler when he's been healthy. Uh Bam Adebayo has been really good this year again. Uh also a defensive player of the year candidate. Um and you still have guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Lauren Dragic, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and Eric Spolstra is a damn good coach. But I, I'm going to say this, and I, I think – and it was really hard for me, but I think that the Milwaukee Bucks will win this series this time around. I think that they learned from last year, and Drew Holiday – was the was one of the best things that could have possibly happened to them on both ends defensively having a a perimeter answer and also on the offensive end having someone else who can a run the ball and b shoot the ball um i think that drew holiday comes in and he helps them win a series of six i actually do have the same exact number milwaukee in six and my thing like you said drew holiday's there now so they're they now have a guard who can get the ball out of Giannis's hands when Giannis is, gets into his uh like, like he's like to say halfback dive mode. Once he does that, it gets kind of difficult sometimes for everyone else to get going because it just usually ends in him just doing something nutty. 
So at least in certain, at least when he's playing a team like Milwaukee or excuse me, Miami with the multiple lanky defenders who have a shot at him, especially someone like you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, constantly, you know, he's not, he's not going to back down for nobody. So that can make things difficult for Giannis. But now with Drew Holiday, they have another player who maybe at the, at the all-star break, Drew Holiday wasn't necessarily looking like, you know, Drew Holiday looked like he's still kind of trying to fit in, but after the all-star break, he definitely had a great, he had a great season overall. And then his, his post all-star break season was definitely much better than the first half. And, you know, it's still, still got Chris Middleton, who's no longer going to be the secondary ball handler in the, you know, when the game's on the line, Chris Middleton's going to settle back into a role where he's just trying to, you know, get an open look, you know, hit a big shot. And he was kind of quiet this year in terms of coverage, but he's still had a solid year as always. Yeah, they just have a much more balanced roster. P.J. Tucker also is a great pickup. Not hearing much about that, but you know he's going to come out there and play defense. And I just think they're going to want revenge, point blank. They're going to be super motivated. And this uh, Miami team has been had their ups and downs, like you mentioned. They had some great additions, but I just think they didn't – I don't think they recovered to the same level that they reached last year, especially last year, them kind of just – overperforming beyond anyone's expectations for real. I think Miami is not – I think Milwaukee is going to be ready for that. Bam improved this year very quietly. Um, like dudes like Drogic, they're not looking as good. Uh, Tyler Hero is kind of – I don't know why people thought he's about to be like a freaking eight-time all-star, but he's leveled out. He had a good run in the playoffs. I'm not going to act like he didn't smoke the Celtics, but like relax. Like I'm not a little too much credit in my mind. Uh, Duncan Robinson, is, you know, he's going to shoot the lights out. But I think Milwaukee's a more dynamic team than they were last year. I think they're lengthier defensively, like Drew Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and P.J. Tucker. That's a great defensive lineup. And, yeah, I just think I just think it's going to overwhelm them with the talent this time around. And I think Budenholzer learned his lesson, and he's been experimenting in different lineups. And they also, you know, Bobby Portis, too. I'll shout at him real quick another great score off the bench. I think they're going to be ready this time and winning six. I, I like that you said that about Budenholzer. I think and, – and I hope for Giannis' sake that Mike Budenholzer really sat down and, you know, did some soul-searching because the past two years they faced the same fate where they they run into a team that essentially boxed and won Giannis off of the Kumpo and Chris Middleton – and just force them to shoot to win. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Drew Holiday, having Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, I think that they'll have more set – they'll be able to, like, have things where they can uh, have those two run sets to get Giannis more free along with the shooters that they have at their disposal and the multitude of defenders that they have is going to be really vital for them down the stretch. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, the Bucks this year, more than recent years, um, have a really good shot at advancing and really unlocking what um, the best form of a Giannis team could look like. Yeah, I agree. They definitely do have that potential now because it's not just Giannis. It's not going to just be honest, constantly, you know, making everything happen and like, like it has been in the last couple of years. 
Because, yeah, Giannis is a great playmaker, but when he runs into a team where he's not a great shooter, so he kind of is forced to, you know, play a drive and kick kind of style, kind of, you know, looking for dudes down the lane while they're open. But, um, you know, when he runs into a team where you have like a lengthy wing defenders and a mobile center, that's kind of what, that's kind of like, you know, the Giannis, Giannis killer. That's how you beat Giannis, is have a lengthy wing defenders and a great center who can move his feet. And Giannis is suddenly a 20 and eight guy, which is still great, but it's not the MVP player that he was the last two years. So I think now he has people who can help alleviate that style of play from being used against him. Cause that's, you know, you can't, once Drew Holiday's running the sets, you got to adjust how you're, how you're running your, op- running your offense and things like that. So I do think, Milwaukee has a shot this year. I'm not convinced they are the team that makes the finals or even the conference finals. But I think if any year, it's this year. I agree with that. That's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach, hosted by John Muir. Thanks, everyone, tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, on Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ. You can also find us on Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. And listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. And we can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.